Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode four of the Off the Dome podcast, brought to you by Baller Nation Six. Hope you're having a great day. On today's show, I will be diving into my award predictions for this upcoming 2019-2020 season. We'll be going over everything from the MVP to the coach of the year to the most improved player of the year. All six of the major awards. I won't only be giving you the winner of the award. I'll also be giving you my two runner-ups. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. Starting off with coach of the year. And for this one, it, it was tough. There's a lot of great candidates that I had to leave out. Guys like my D- Mike D'Antoni didn't even... I, didn't, I don't even see them being runner-ups despite being great coaches. Guys like Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz... Guys like even Steve Kerr, who I think will have a great season coaching a team, or now that he'll have a good season coaching this year and will get a lot more recognition because he's got less superstars, less talent to coach. I don't even think he'll be a runner-up. So my my uh, who I have going coming in third in this award is Nate McMillan of the Indiana Pacers. Now, yes, this is probably not a very popular opinion. A lot of people don't even know who Nate McMillan is of the Indiana Pacers, but what he was able to do last year with this team was great, getting him all the way to the fourth seed in the playoffs despite having Victor Oladipo injured for a large part of the season. I think that the Indiana Pacers have a great chance of getting back to the getting getting back to the fourth seed. I have I have them actually I have them finishing at the fourth seed and maybe even winning a playoff round or two. Not two, just winning one playoff round. I could see that happening. Nate McMillan, of course, would be the main man there, uh, the bench boss. Of course, Indiana has improved a lot, giving Nate McMillan a lot to work with. I'm, I'm very excited for this Indiana Pacers season. My first runner-up coming in at number two in the Coach of the Year Coach of the Year rankings for me was Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets. Mike Malone. He was so close for me to, I was so close to picking Mike Malone for winning coach of the year in 2020, but really when it comes down to, I think the guy that I've got at number one just has too much talent around him and just will finish with a better record. Mike Malone, that being said though, I think the Denver Nuggets have a great season. I think the Nuggets have a very talented roster, guys like Jamal Murray, who not enough people are talking about Jamal Murray. Like I just want to make it clear, Jamal Murray is for real. Okay, but that but that's not that's not really what I'm trying to talk about here. I'm trying to talk about Mike Malone. We've all we obviously all know how great Mike Malone is as a head coach. He got the Denver Nuggets all the way to the second round, game seven of the second round of the playoffs last year. Despite the majority of the players on this team never even being to the playoffs, guys like Jokic, guys like Jamal Murray, guys like Gary Harris never had even been to the playoffs, and Mike Malone was able to take them very far against a very talented or very talented Portland Trailblazers team, and as well as beating Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs in the first round. That leaves us with number one, and my prediction to win Coach of the Year in the 2019-2020 season will be Doc Rivers of the LA Clippers. I think the Clippers will finish with the best record in the NBA, and we saw last year that having great talent or coaching great talent won't prevent anybody from winning Coach of the Year. We saw Mike Budenhoser win Coach of the Year with the Milwaukee Bucks. He, they finished with the best record in the NBA, and they also had the NBP, so that didn't really weigh into the Coach of the Year. It wasn't like, oh, well, Mike obviously got mo- the most wins because they because he had the best player or because he had the most valuable player. No, it was Mike Budenhoser was recognized as a great coach. And I think that's what's going to happen with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers obviously has arguably the best or the most talented roster in the NBA. 
we're talking guys like Kawhi, guys like Paul George. He has one of the great bench, one of the best benches in the NBA, if not the best bench in the NBA, with Montrezl Harrell and Lou Will, just to name a few. And I think that Doc Rivers is the right person for the job in LA, and I and I see nothing but success on the horizon for Doc Rivers. That's why I've got him winning Coach of the Year next season. Moving on to the most improved player of the year, my predictions. Here, here are my top three for most improved player of the year. Coming in at number three will be Lonzo Ball of the New Orleans Pelicans. This man is set for a breakout year. We saw him last year averaging just about seven points per game. But he's set for a breakout year. We've seen him early on in the preseason with guys like Zion Williamson, guys, guys like... Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jackson Hayes, Lonzo Ball's created great chemistry with all these guys, and um, I can't wait to see what what Lonzo Ball can do in the regular season with this young New Orleans Pelicans team. A lot of people have Lonzo Ball winning this award, and I honestly I wouldn't be that surprised if it did happen. I've got him at number three. Moving on to number two, Shea Gilders Alexander of now the Oklahoma City Thunder. We saw this man, Shea Gilders Alexander, for play with playing with the Clippers last year, and in that playoff series against the Warriors, Shea made some big time plays. We we always one I love to bring out bring up was the kick out to Landry Shamit in Game Two, I believe it was the big comeback where Shea Gilders Alexander kicked it out to a wide open Landry Shamit mid jump shot. I mean Shea went up for the shot. I mean, that's just, that's just, I'm just picking out one one great play, but this man, he's set for a great season. Last year, his stats weren't as high as I expected him to be, but this year, I can see him getting up, especially now that he's on the OKC Thunder, I could see him getting up to, you know, between 20 to 23 points per game. And that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this man's got great talent, but he doesn't have what it takes to win this award this se- or next season because my number one will go to DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. My San Antonio Spurs really got a steal with this guy. He did. He was injured last season, but he's back and probably better than ever. I mean, without a doubt, this man has definitely improved since last we saw him a few years ago. This, the, the Spurs have one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA with, with Murray and Derek White, and not enough people are talking about it. The San Antonio Spurs have transitioned from this old veteran team with Tony Parker and Manu and Tim and, and even guys like Kawhi Leonard and, and Patty Mills, Bellinelli and all these guys. Now they've got a few really good young players. They drafted Lucas Samanich as well with the 19th pick in the draft. Now pair, pair that with Jonte Murray, pair that with Derek White. The, they also got uh, Keldon Johnson as well out of Kentucky. They got him very late in the first round, one of the steals of the draft. The Spurs have built a great young core really around this man, DeJounte Murray. And I think Murray can go out in there and winning and win most improved player. He's not the kind of guy for me that I don't see him being the kind of guy who's ever going to put up 25 points per game. He's not going to be, I mean, he might get 20 points per game one year, but he's not really a scorer so much as a great defense, as an elite defender who also has great, a great, a great skill set on offense. I think the offense over the Spurs this year will be based mostly around, of course, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge in the low block. Anyway, uh, my pick for most improved player next season, DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. 
moving on to the sixth man of the year award and this is where you guys might start to disagree with me if you guys haven't already because i can already see y'all disagreeing with me but guess what this is my ranking this is my predictions shit happens every year so you never know what's going to happen but with the sixth man of the year award the in third place i've decided to go with spencer dinwiddie of the brooklyn nets and by the way guys the the requirements to win sixth man of the year is all you have to do is is not start or come off the bench for more than half of the games you played in okay so if you play 82 games right if you play the entire season you play 82 games you can start 39 of those games and still be eligible for this award okay i just wanted to throw, to throw that out there so that being said like two two or three or even four players from the same team can all are all eligible for this award it's not just oh the sixth man of the team is right the guy who gets who plays the sixth most amount of minutes no the entire bench of 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 any team is eligible for this award so the entire san antonio spurs bench or the entire okc thunder bench can can all be can all win this award all right just want to put that out there number three i'm going with spencer dinwiddie of the brooklyn nets now we've seen this man in the running for this award last few years of course guys like lou will beat him out and eric gordon as well beat him out but spencer dinwiddie's always been that man for the for the for the brooklyn nets and i think that he's just going to continue to do what he does he for me he's just one of these guys who's you can rely on coming off the bench you can put him in big situations you can put him in in any sort of situations he's going to do his job he does what you expect him to do he does a little bit more than you expect him to do at times he's just a really solid player for the brooklyn nets not a lot to say about this man because again it, it's it's hard to really describe what he does for this team I and mean, he can obviously score rebound pass the basketball but he has so much more for the brooklyn nets than what than what will show up on the stat sheet you got to really watch these games to understand the impact that spencer dinwiddie has he's the kind of player who's not going to come up small in big situations he's the kind of player who once kevin durant comes back next year the brooklyn nets will be able to rely on late in playoff games they can put spencer dinwiddie in big situations and big games in the NBA Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals, they can put Dinwiddie in those games and they and and they can trust and they'll and they'll get great results out of Spencer Dinwiddie's play. I've got him at number three for the Sixth Man of the Year award next season. At number two, I'm gonna go with Lou Williams of the LA Clippers. Lou will, you know you're a great six man when Drake makes a song about you. Ladies and gentlemen, Lou will he's definitely this year at this moment in time he's the favorite to go out and win this award because he's already won it back to back years he's won this award more than anybody else in NBA history we're look pe people are starting to call him the greatest six man of all time to that it's that's comical he's nowhere near the greatest six man of all time but that's that's another conversation Lou Will though he's a great six man we saw him last year in the playoffs oh my goodness in those games against Golden State I was watching those games and this man just could not miss he, he couldn't miss he couldn't miss shots he just couldn't miss shots. I couldn't believe it. In, in game in uh, game five where they won, he couldn't miss shots on the stretch. In game two when they won, he just could not miss shots. He hit everything he took. Everything Lou Will would hit. Anyway, we all know how great Lou Will is. He's a spark plug off the bench. He does everything right. I mean, he he he's gonna he, he's the kind of guy who can give you twenty. He can he can give you a thirty piece. He can give you twenty a game. He's very very consistent off the bench and. Again, you guys have all seen this man. We've all seen him play, not 
too much to really go into because we've all we all know what he can do. We all know that he's creative. We all know he's a great six man. We all know he's a great spark plug. We all know he should be starting. He could start on any roster in the NBA right now. He could. He really could. He could start on any roster in the NBA. He's good enough for this. But he decides to go to, to come off the bench, and rightly so. I mean, he's, he's made his impact now as one of the greatest six men of all time. That being said, I don't see him winning this award next year. Instead, I see that award going to his teammate, Montrezl Harrell of the LA Clippers. Guys, I love this man, Trez. Trez, he, if there's one guy that I'm hopping on the bandwagon for, that I've already hopped on his bandwagon last year. But after watching him in the playoffs last season, and... I've been I've been a big fan of this guy for years and years, but especially after watching him in the playoffs last year against Golden State, it, it's it's so obvious it's it's as clear as day that Montrezl Harrell is for real, ladies and gentlemen. The Clippers don't have a lot of size, but Trez makes up for that. He is so energetic on offense, even more energetic on defense. He does whatever it takes. I know I've said this about I've, I've said this about a few people, but. No one, no one in the NBA matches Montrez, Montrezl and Harrell's intensity, other than maybe Pat, Pat, other than maybe Pat, Patrick Beverly. Pat Bev and Trez might be the only, might be the, might, they're in a league of their own. But Trez coming off the bench for the LA Clippers, he, he's such a big factor. When the Clippers get into big situations in the playoffs, when the Clippers get into late game situations. And they need a man to get out there and give them energy. When the Clippers just get 10 points scored on them in a row, when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are tossing up lobs all day long in the Staples Center, and the Clippers are on the ropes, they're down 3-2 in Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals, Montrezl Harrell's that guy that Doc Rivers can put on the floor, and Trez will get it done. He will. He just will. He, he's so energetic. He brings a new dynamic to each game he enters. He makes every single game more entertaining the minute he steps on the floor. We all He's amazing to watch. I can't wait for this man, and I've got him winning sixth man of the year in 2019 and 2020. Switching gears now to defense. Number three for the defense player of the year, the third place, the guy I've got coming in here at third place, is Giannis Atatokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now there have been many arguments, many great arguments that put Giannis Antetokounmpo as the best defender in the NBA. He's not the best perimeter defender in the NBA, and he's obviously not the best rim protector in the rim protector in the NBA. Those those would go to Kawhi Leonard and Rudy Gobert respectively. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is the kind of guy who can do it all. He can do he can do everything. He can he can clamp you up on the perimeter, and he'll he's a great rim protector as well. He won't let you get easy easy buckets inside. He's he's great at not only just just not only just straight up clamping you up, not only just straight up clamping you up. Okay, I'm talking I'm talking this man will clamp you up and he's got the ability on offense to the minute he takes the ball away, it's two points at the other end. He steals you, he makes a steal, two points at the other end. You miss a shot, two points at the other end. Giannis Antetokounmpo is so much more valuable on offense because of how great he is on defense. That being said, I think that where Giannis struggles is obviously guarding guarding smaller guys, guarding guys under five, guarding guys under six foot five, and 
again, he's not really required to do that at his position. But when you've got a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo sort of as a rover on the court playing positionless basketball, he often gets caught out on the perimeter when the Bucks are playing defense. He often get, gets caught out in the perimeter when against the Warriors and all, of a, and all of a sudden he's got Steph Curry, you know, doing all his doing his stuff and, and Giannis just can't stop that. All of a sudden he's got a guy like James Harden hitting a step back in his face, right? So that's the thing, like Giannis, when he's matched up against guys that are bigger, guys that like to drive the basketball, you can't score on a man. He's great. He's great in that aspect of the game. And for most players, they wouldn't need to guard smaller guys. The only reason why I'm bringing that up for Giannis is because the way that I've seen him defend, the way that I've seen the Bucks play defense, defense in the past a lot of times Giannis is left stranded out on the perimeter against a smaller guy and that that's more to do with the system he plays in but it's a system he plays in nonetheless and so Giannis really can't do anything about that that's just how the Bucks play it's a risk they have to take Giannis Antetokounmpo though for me that's the only downside I see that, that's it and for most people that wouldn't matter at all like the, the two guys have got ranked ahead of Giannis they they don't have to guard small guys because they're never out there they're never in that situation but for Giannis because he's in those situations he's go- he has to guard him and that's where he becomes a bit of a liability but other than that he's great at rim protecting and he's great at guarding anybody really anybody above six foot five that, that, that's my that's my thoughts on Giannis Antetokounmpo. I've got him at number three in the Defensive Player of the Year award race. Coming in at number two for me, I've gone with the big man for the Utah Jazz, the towering seven foot three Frenchman Rudy Gobert, the anchor of the Utah Jazz. He is the best player on the Utah Jazz. He's not going to score all the points, but on defense, the Jazz are a defensive team, or at least they have been the last few years, and Rudy Gobert has been the anchor. He's been the most impactful defender in basketball over the last few years. He's led the Utah Jazz in win shares for three of the last four years. The one year where he didn't lead them in win shares was the year that Gordon Hayward was just going off. I think that was 2016, 2017 maybe. But Rudy Gobert has been the anchor for the Jazz for a long, long time, and he fresh off two back-to-back defensive player of the years, and that also sort of plays into this because I just don't see the NBA giving the same player the award three times in a row. And yeah, that weighs into it though, right? Like we see story, we see narrative and and the story take over MVP awards. We've seen it take over other awards, and it could just take over this defensive player of the year race because Rudy Gobert is obviously going to have a great case. Giannis is going to have a great case. But for me, the number one player, the guy who I think will win Defensive Player of the Year this year, is Anthony Davis of the LA Lakers. AD, one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. He can obviously, he's, he's, he's very athletic. Okay, he can guard you when you're driving. But I think that what the Lakers have that no one else has is just pure size or no one else has to the same degree that the Lakers have. Lakers have amazing big men. We're talking guys like obviously Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, uh, Boogie, even though he's hurt. But Anthony Davis, he, the Lakers are going to rely so much on their size. And Anthony Davis is their size. He is such a big part of the Lakers because the Lakers use their size so much. Lakers aren't relying on guys like Rondo or Kyle Kuzma to create, uh, or sorry, not Kuzma, but guys like Rajon Rondo to create from a point guard's role. Or guys like Danny Green, they're not relying on those smaller guys, they're relying on their bigger guys, they're relying on guys like LeBron, guys like Anthony Davis, because, well, not only are they their best players, but they've got 
advantages over every team in the NBA. They've got an advantage at center over every team in the NBA right now. They really do. I, I just can't see anybody really stopping Anthony Davis. I can't see anybody scoring on Anthony Davis. Obviously, guys like Carl Anthony Towns and... and uh, I'm, not, I'm talking centers here. Not, I can't see a lot of centers when matched up against Anthony Davis 1v1 are going to be consistently scoring on Anthony Davis. Guys like Carl, Carl Anthony Towns have the talent for sure. Guys like uh, Nikola Jokic as well, great talent for sure. But I just don't see them scoring consistently on a guy like Anthony Davis. Anyway, yeah, for me, Anthony Davis is going to be the defensive player of the year this season. Rookie of the year award is always a tough one to predict. It's almost never the guy who we all expect it to be. It's almost never the guy who we're like, oh yeah, this man for sure. It's always a little, it's, it's, it's some, a lot of the times it's a guy who was picked late in the first round or mid first round. It was always a guy who, you know, we didn't really see doing what he did even even a guy like Luka Doncic who last year a lot of people were saying he was a bust there was two different sides there was people saying he was going to be great people saying he's he's, he's going to be amazing those people are obviously right and there was people on the other side a lot of people on the other side saying this man ain't it all right we saw him in Europe but Europe ain't the NBA You're, he can't do what he's doing what he did in Europe and and what what did he do he went out and did it so it's a lot of times it's not the guys who were expecting to win it it's not yeah, you, you guys get it. It's not the guys who are expecting to win it. This year, I, however, I think it's going to be a little bit different. I think that the, that the top three picks will be top three in the MVP, in the Rookie of the Year award race in different orders, though. So at number three in this award, I've gone with John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. We obviously know the great explosiveness, the great skill that's possessed within John Morant. We all know, we all, we all have seen him play we all saw him play in the summer league we all saw him play in the preseason as well with the memphis grizzlies and we all saw him play last year uh with murray state in the ncaa john morant great explosiveness he can shoot the basketball he can pass the basketball extremely well we we, we forget that he averaged over 10 assists per game last year in ncaa which is ridiculous like no one's that's insanity that to average a double double with assists in, in in ncaa for an entire season but john morant's a great passer one of the great passers in the nba today and i think that he's got what it takes to be third in this award race number two i'm looking at zion williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans that you guys might be saying, Baller Nation, have you not been watching preseason? This man's dominating. He's dominating cats. He's doing it all. And yeah, okay, that's three games, though. We've seen three games. Zion Williamson, for me, is going to have a great year. I see him averaging anywhere between 15 to 18, 15 to 20 points per game with the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously going to be a great player on defense. But for me, it's just not, for me, number one will or should go to R.J. Barrett. I think R.J. Barrett's always going to be that guy who's lurking in Zion's shadow, who, who never gets the headline, who, who will drop 30 in a game, but then Zion will drop 25. But because Zion's the bigger name, Zion will get the headline. Zion's always going to look like he's ahead. Zion's always going to look like he's the better player. But once we take we take a step back and we look at we look at it from an unbiased perspective. We look at their careers, their seasons, their performances, their games, their talent, the skills that they possess. When we take a step back and we look at all that combined, we're going to look at it and say, you know what? Low key, R.J. Barrett, he's that man. R.J. Barrett 
might just be a little bit better. Might have just played a little bit better than Zion. R.J. Barrett might have had a little better season than Zion Williamson. R.J. Barrett's a little more effective. He's a little more valuable to his team. I think that I'm big on R.J. Barrett, and maybe it's because I'm Canadian. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's it. But don't get me wrong. I love me some Zion Williamson. I think it's going to be a very close race. Just at the end of the day, I think the voters are going to look back. They're going to take a step back, and they'll say, you know what? R.J. Barrett was that man. R.J. Barrett, I, I think, will average above 20 points per game this year. I think he'll shoot the ball not great, but he'll shoot the ball enough to get himself over that 20 point per game threshold he's gonna give you five six assists and and rebounds per game he's he's he's, for me he's gonna win rookie of the year that's my thoughts all right so yeah rg barrett for rookie of the year in 2019 and 2020 leaving us with one last award the mvp award the the award we all waiting for really for a lot of people the only award we, we really care about because let's be honest it's at the it's the MVP. It's the most valuable player. And let me be clear: the MVP award does not represent, or a lot of times, it does not represent the best player in the NBA. It's it's too bad. I really think that the NBA should have an award that's just the best player. And LeBron wins it eight years in a row. I think that that should be a thing. We just have because the thing about it, the best player in the league doesn't get any there's no award for that there's most valuable player in the league but there's always what oh more valuable to the team more valuable to the league there's always really been confusion about what the term value means in this situation but that being said i'm going to go off i'm going to go based off what the nba's what what really i've seen from the nba over the past few years is what they determined to be valuable so for me coming in third place for the MVP award in 2019-20 is Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors. The thing with Steph this year will be Steph will give you the numbers. Steph will give you 33 points per game. I think Steph Curry will lead the NBA in points per game. I really do. I think he'll give you 33. He'll give you eight assists. He'll give you, you know, five rebounds per game. He'll, he might even give you two steals a game too. We saw him lead the league in steals a few years back. Of course, he's not like, he's a terrible defender, but he, he'll give you two steals a game. He's... You can, you can deflect passes as well, but Steph Curry will give you the numbers, but what I've seen out of the NBA is that they don't like giving the award to, to players who play on teams who aren't in the top three in their conference. They just don't. What happened with Russell Westbrook in 2017 was a huge anomaly, and a lot of people believe that why Westbrook got that award was because of the storyline, the narrative behind Kevin Durant leaving, and and obviously he did average a triple-double. I think Russell Westbrook won that award, rightfully so, and I don't really agree with the NBA only giving the award to players who finish, who, who, have, who play on teams who finish in the top two or three in their conference, because then you're giving it to the best player on the best team, and rather than you know, really the most valuable player to their team, right? So obviously Steph Curry will be more valuable to the Golden State Warriors than the guy, like, I don't like the guy who who I, who I even have uh, two or one, but because Steph Curry won't finish, I don't think the Warriors will finish very high in the Western Conference. He's just not going to win the award. He'll have the numbers, but the team won't be a high enough seat. So Steph Curry at number three. Number two, I've gone with Giannis Antetokounmpo, the reigning NBA MVP. Giannis is obviously looking to build on what he's done, on what he did last year. What he did last year was sensational with the Milwaukee Bucks until he got absolutely exposed in the playoffs, but playoffs don't have anything to do with this award. So I'm not even going to bring that up. 
Giannis Antetokounmpo is for real. He's a great player with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks this year will take a little step back in the regular season, though. They don't have the same talent that they had last year. Their overall roster is not as good. They're not going to be as good on defense as they were last year. They're not, they don't have the same shooters as they did last year. They signed Middleton to a ridiculous contract, and I don't understand that at all. But they still do have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's arguably right now the most talented player in the NBA. If you can add that three-point shot, though, he's going to win this award. If he can get... like. If he can shoot even 38% from the from from three and and on like four shots a game, he's gonna. If he attempts four threes a game and can shoot above 38% from a three, he's going to win this award. It's just gonna be too, he's gonna be too good not to give this award to. But that being said, number one for me, here, <laughs> number one for me is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> of the Denver Nuggets. Yes, I'm being for real. Ladies and gentlemen, Nikola Jokic is that man. I mean, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can already see y'all hating. Because Nikola Jokic, the greatest passing big man of all time. Let's just get that out of the way right now. The best passing big man of all time. What this man can do on offense is phenomenal. It's insanity. It's crazy. And half of it, and, and half of it is he does he does what he does to you. He just destroys, he just ruins your whole, he, he ruins your night by just dropping a 40-piece on you, by dropping 15 assists, grabbing 8 rebounds. He does it all, blocks you three times, right? And then and then you look over at him and you're like, wait, a, f- a fat white guy from fucking Slovakia or Slovenia or wherever he's from just dropped 40 points on me. A fat, what, like this ugly fat white guy just did that to me. And you're just so infuriated because there's nothing you can do about it. This man out here just just so much finesse. And look at his body. Look at this man. He does not look like a basketball player. He does not at all. Right? When when Giannis does that to you, when James Harden does that to you, when LeBron goes for 40 on your head, you're like, you look at him, you're like, all right, yeah, LeBron James, six foot eight, two fifty, ripped, shredded. Like this man, like I I don't like. I can't be mad at myself because look at this man. Look at this brother. He is huge. But a guy like Nikola Jokic, I mean, we're talking <laughs> a fat white guy from Slova- from from Eastern Europe. And it just infuriates people. I, I can guarantee you it infuriates a Joel Embiid. It's a, it, it infuriates a LaMarcus Aldridge. It, it infuriates a Rudy Gobert. It infuriates everybody because look at him. He does not look like a good basketball player. He doesn't even look like a basketball player. But enough about his looks. Let's talk about his talent. His, his talent's obviously is undeniable. He can score the basketball. He'll give. I think this year he'll get. He'll give. He'll give the Denver Nuggets up to 25 points per game. He'll give them near near triple double. I'm saying. I'm saying about you know seven seven eight rebounds, seven eight assists, maybe up to nine ten assists. He'll give you. He'll, you know he'll give you a block, maybe a steal per game. But he's just going to do so much for this Denver Nuggets team. The, the, these Denver Nuggets are up next. Trust me, Jamal Murray, Jokic, all these guys, Michael Porter, these guys are up next, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, that's my prediction for MVP. Those are all my predictions for all the award, all the major awards. Let me know your thoughts, all right? I'm, I'm interested because every single year when we, when we make these predictions, 99% of the time they don't come true. Or a lot of times they don't come true. 
All right. It's always tough to, to make these predictions because it's the NBA. Shit happens. We never know what's going to happen in the NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of the Off the Dome podcast. I'll see you all next week. Peace.